0: Monday, September 26th, and you're tuned in to the Cleveland Baseball Talk Podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, well, welcome back after uh, a road trip that I don't think anybody was expecting these kinds of results. Uh, the Guardians what left left last week with a, a magic number of 13, and they flew home late Sunday night. Uh, American League Central Division champions for the first time since 2018. Uh, this This came in a hurry. This came like an avalanche. And the the Guardians got to celebrate on their way home. I don't think any of us expected it.
1: Yeah, it was like they ran the table, Joe. I mean, they go 6-0 and on the trip. And, you know, the big thing was, you know, taking three straight from the White Sox <clears throat> at guaranteed rate field. And then the White Sox just went into a tailspin after that, losing three straight to Detroit. And, uh, you know, it was over by then.
0: Yeah, that was uh, the momentum just kept building and building. You could tell after the game Thursday night in Chicago that uh, the Guardians and Terry Francona were getting on a plane and going to Chicago, and they had or going to Texas, and they had one thing on their mind, and that was wrapping up the division before they got uh, home uh, today, uh, last night, uh, before they got on the plane Sunday night and and headed home to Cleveland, and that's exactly what they did. Uh, Chicago losing uh, before the, the end of yesterday's game actually uh, wrapped up the division uh, before they won it. But, you know, winning that game sort of, uh, you know, clinched everything and made it feel pretty good.
1: Yeah, it was, uh, you know, just a dominant performance, uh, you know, Sunday, 10-4 to win over the Rangers. And, uh, you know, kind of encapsulated everything this team does. You know, they had, the, you know, the the running gun kind of four-run third inning where you know they strung a bunch of hits together stole some bases and then uh to cap it off in the eighth inning uh steven kwan hits his first grand slam and you know really put the game the game away and the uh, you know and you know guaranteed the clinch and uh just uh you know it was an amazing game um you know, Aaron Savali goes five strong innings, strikes out seven guys, but it was just the offense. It, you know, they, we saw both sides of what they can do. Very impressive win. Just you know, just a great trip by the team. Yeah, you uh, you
0: mentioned Aaron Savali there. Uh,
1: Aaron Savali started the game uh, in
0: Chicago last year when uh, the the Guardian when basically when the White Sox clinched the division. Uh, it, it had nothing to do with the Guardians, but. Uh, the White Sox clinched in a game that he started and got knocked around last year. Uh, so, so he had, had he carried that that sort of taste in his mouth, I think, all year. And for him, it had to be pretty satisfying to go out there, give him five solid innings, uh, struck out seven. At one point, he struck out like four in a row, and he he was looking like a wizard out there, uh, spinning breaking balls, uh, which is nice to see. Aaron Savali uh, not really. Have to, having to deal with uh, any health issues out there throwing free and easy, and and uh, he could be a guy who becomes very important for this uh, this pitching staff in the in the postseason, or at least over these last nine games to to sort of fill up some innings for them as they they look to get everything in line for the postseason.
1: Yeah, definitely. That was his second start of the trip. You know, he opened the trip uh, in Chicago. And uh, like you said, Joe, he had that in the back of his mind that, you know, they clinched against him uh, last year. And, uh, you know, he, he pitched five solid innings against the White Sox. And, uh, you know, they win that game. That was the backbreaker, 10 to 7 in extra innings. And, uh, you know, from there and then he comes back Sunday and, you know, pulls the curtain down on, on the clincher with, with another five strong innings. So, you know, he's, he's on the right path. And um, like you said, Joe, he's, 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 he's pitching well at the right time of the season, just like uh, the guardians are playing well at the right time of the season. Yeah. And the guy who really brought the curtain down
0: was Steven Kwan uh, with his first career grand slam. Uh, I, I think if nobody saw the Guardians winning the division at the beginning of the year, certainly nobody saw Stephen Kwan hitting a grand slam in the game that clinched the uh, uh, the division title for them. Uh, Stephen Kwan, not exactly the the biggest guy uh, on the planet. He's got six six total home runs on the season. Uh, has to sort of ambush a pitcher in order to uh, to get one out of the park sometimes, but uh, we're, we're seeing him develop, not only just is he the uh, the slasher who puts the ball in play and and, you know, gives you the line drives to left field, uh, but it, he's he's developing power now, and that's something that in in years to come, that's something that he could definitely grow into.
1: Yeah, Chris Valleca, the uh, hitting coach, was talking about that, and he thinks he's gonna he's the kind of guy that could hit, you know, 10, uh, 15 to eighteen home runs a year, and develop into that when you know he gets to uh, you know he gets to you know know the pitching, know the pitchers. And, you know, knows and learns when to gamble and when not to and when to take a chance, you know, and what counts are favorable, but um, he definitely, uh, he definitely surprised a lot of people uh, yesterday with the with the grand slam. It just came after a great at bat. He hit, you know, uh, it was a nine pitch at bat. Uh, He hit a three, two pitch and just got over the right field wall. But, uh, you know, they all count.
0: All right, we'll get to uh, the the celebration and all that afterwards uh, uh, here in a second. I just wanna i wanna throw out this question and and just get your thoughts on it. Uh, did the did the guardians arrive way earlier than than anybody expected? had they are they have they arrived now? is this is there is there rebuild over? and and they were able to do it not only within the course of one season, but in in less than a season? And ha- are are they are they the team of the future in the AL Central?
1: Well, if you talk to Chris Antinetti, uh, which uh, we did uh, yesterday in the post game celebration, he said, we, "We, I told you this wasn't a rebuild. It, does this look like a rebuild?" So <laughs> I'm not I'm yeah. not sure. But with the youngest team in in baseball, uh, what what else do you call it? But I think they are ahead of schedule, Joe. I think they surprised the front office. They surprised the coaching staff for, uh, and Francona. Uh, you know, I think you know that this was a supposed, supposedly a year of development that really just kind of they, they, you know, they just got rolling and uh, they bought into the plan. And uh, these players just kind of it just uh, you know they just took off. And I think they were they're 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 doing better than expected. And I think Joe, they're going to be you know I don't think this is. An automatic three and out once they get to the postseason. Either I think they're a very dangerous team right now.
0: Yeah, they're they're the team that nobody wants to play. Uh, Antonetti had a had a bit of an edge when you asked him that question. Uh, <laughs> a little bit of a, a little bit of an edge to him. I, you never see Chris Antonetti, uh, you know, respond with any sort of vitriol or anything like that. But you know, based on what the social media from the the Guardians has been sharing, uh, posting everybody's predictions for the division and. Uh, The the quote that stood out to me was uh, one writer uh, posted something about, you know, the the White Sox could start picking out the designs on their 2022 AL Central Division championship T-shirts. I think that uh, that really jumped out. I I can see why uh, these guys are going to play with a chip on their shoulder uh, moving forward. Uh, Is is it okay right now to maybe expect some sort of regression next year? You talk about this youngest club in in, in baseball and, uh, you know, they're going to be young again next year. There's still guys who need to arrive. You're talking about Brian Rocchio and, and George Valera. And uh, we didn't even see Daniel Espino for most of the season in the in the minors. These are all their their top prospects who are, are going to be coming next year. They could get even younger. Uh, is it OK to expect maybe some sort of regression next year?
1: Well, I think there, there's always, I guess that possibility, but Joe, I think this is the team to beat for the next three, four, five years. This is, they've opened a window here uh, for contention. And uh, like you said, they're some of their, their best players aren't here yet. You know, we <laughs> haven't seen those guys you just mentioned. So I think, uh, you know, as they come up and, and, and mix with the, with the, with the 26 man roster, the guys that are already here, I think they're just going to get better. I mean, uh, you know, if they, they can, you know, I'm sure the league will adapt, you know, the, the opposition will adapt. They'll, they'll know how, you know, know how to, uh, you know, kind of come up with ways to, you know, kind of thwart that that their their offense. But, you know, this is a this is a, a solid team. And I think it's just going to get better because these guys are going to get older. And, and as you get older, you you'll can hopefully you get, you get smarter and you get to be a better player.
0: Well, oh, there you go. Hoynesy gave me my uh, my my headline uh, quote right there. Is they've opened a window. I, you couldn't couldn't put it any better. Uh, the young guys standing there open the window for this uh, this next phase of uh, of Cleveland baseball into the the next few years. Uh, let's uh, so Luke Maley squeezes the uh, the third out in the ninth inning on a foul pop. Uh, the celebration kicks off. Uh, Tito's Tito's arms go up over his head. Uh, everybody's hugging and high fiving. Uh, what was your next move and, and what, just take us through uh, how you covered the, the post game celebration uh, for the guardians there in Texas.
1: Well, I got an email from, uh, or a text from uh, Dave, Dave Campbell is our sports editor. And he said, can you get some video of the on the field celebration? So as soon as I filed, you know, I, I, I started taking some video, but it wasn't all that it wasn't, you know, it was kind of mundane you know it was kind of normal with the, you know and we were so up, you know we we're so high up in the uh, globe yeah. like field that you couldn't re- they look like ants down there so it wasn't what there, there wasn't a lot of impact yeah, from my video so well, that's uh, I, I
0: saw i saw that video and, and it did look uh, you guys look like you guys were up in the rafters uh <laughs> where the 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 writing press uh, seats were up there so uh probably not the, the the best angle to be taking video from your cell phone
1: and so, you know, I thought, you know, okay, well, if this is the on the field, what's the, in the clubhouse, you know, celebration going to be like? But, you know, we, so we, you know, I went down, we, we kind of were waiting outside for a while, you know, while, while the, you know, while they, they got kind of, the players, you know, got cranked up and, and, you know, we didn't see a Tito, you know, give them their, their post game, you know, speech. And when we got in there though, it was in it was in Full roar. So it was fun. You know, it was typical, you know, a lot of beers and champagne flying around uh, the the front, uh, you know, ownership had flown all the front office people down there, Antonetti and Chernoff and, you know, the all the PR people were down there to to join in the celebration. So it was fun. It was uh and then uh, it was. And then you know, you like midway through, just pizza appeared. You know, so boxes of pizza came in. These guys were chowing down, and and uh, it was, it was, it was, it was a fun uh, experience. Typical, typical, but fun, fun. Uh,
0: as far as they they flew the uh, the front office and everybody. Uh, it talk about just seeing uh the members of the the baseball operations staff, the guys who. Who sort of uh, shepherd the players through the season? You know, they they handle all the appearances and they handle all of the the media requests and everything. Uh, you know, on a typical trip, there's only like one or two of those guys with the club on a trip. But uh, for them to be able to at the last minute fly down and take part in that celebration because because they really worked hard during the season and they're the ones who who deserve to to sort of enjoy that moment, right?
1: Yeah, you know, Austin was there, and, uh, uh, you know, uh, Cord, and, of course, Bart Swain made the trip. They were all goggled up and right in the middle of everything, so they were having fun, and Antonetti was, you know, dumping champagne on people, and Chernoff was doing the same thing, so it, I think it's the one, you know, the one time of the year where they can kind of, you know, let their hair let their hair down and ha- have some fun and, and uh, you know, just join in, join in w- with everyone else, because, like you said, Joe, it's it's a long grind and uh, there's a lot of hard work involved and to see a, uh, you know, a team, you know, kind of unexpectedly, obviously, mm-hmm. do, do as well as they, they have uh, and, and clinch a division, you know, that's, that's an accomplishment.
0: Was anybody at the door checking IDs on, uh, on these players as they went into the celebration, <laughs> making sure they were old enough to drink alcohol? Uh, I, I, I think, um from my perspective, sitting back here watching the broadcast on TV, uh, Andre not interviewing some of the players and, and Tito, and 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 the the quote that really uh, jumped out to me from from Tito was, "This is organic. This is what happiness looks like." And, and really, that's you 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 Tito had them convinced that if they played the game the right way and if they gave everything every night, that this would be the result. And to see it pay off like that had to be just an emotional, just uh, 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 unleashing all those emotions at, at once. And it, it had to be uh, amazing to be in that room.
1: Yeah, that was fun. It, and, uh, you know, I like what uh, Tito said. Be, even before, you know, the game, uh, he said, you know, obviously they had the magic number was down to one. And with like 10 games to play, they were going to clinch at one point. No, no matter what and when it was, they were going to clinch. And he goes, you guys have deserved it. You've, you've earned this. And when when this happens, I, you should just blow it out and uh, just just have the time of your life. And when at, finally, you know, we, we caught up to Tito in his office uh, while the party was still going on. And he goes, I don't care how long this lasts. They can scream and yell for as long as they want. I don't care what time we get home. Um, uh, these guys have earned it. I, and I hope they have a great time. Uh, yeah. and you didn't even
0: uh, even even hoinsey who's who's covered the indian or them um, covered the indians and the guardians now for uh what almost 40 years uh didn't escape the reverie uh i know uh during the during the broadcast andre looked up and he said oh they got hoinsey so i knew you were getting doused at some point i got a couple of photos on my phone of uh Hoinsie looking like he, uh, he did, did you get any in your mouth as opposed to all no. over your hair and your clothes? Cause that's, uh, that, that, that's what we're looking for.
1: No, I did Unfortunately, no. I mean, yeah. Brian Shaw kind of ambushed me. I didn't see him coming. It no. got me really good, man. And, uh, but, uh so yeah, and the pictures, the pictures that, you know, I don't have as much hair as I used to, Joe. That's what I found out from those pictures. <laughs> well, and and I'll say this having
0: covered uh, at least two of those uh, clinching celebrations uh, at home in the past uh, as as media members, if you're recording or if you're you're trying to do interviews or whatever, you, you got to try and stay on the periphery there. You don't want to you don't want to mix it up and get in the middle or get too close to any of the players because if they recognize, hey, this is the guy who wrote something about me or, you know, was bugging me all season or whatever, they'll, they'll go after you if they, if they've got a reason to, and, and Hoinsey, obviously you give, you've given them a reason to <laughs> over the years. So, uh, they didn't, they didn't hesitate to go after you did that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cal Quantrill came over after, after, uh, Shaw got me and said, Hey, you wrote that, at the start of the year that nobody could touch, nobody could touch the White Sox. And he goes, well, we reached down and touched them or we, something, something along those lines. So I, you know, ball players are like elephants. They never forget.
0: Yeah. That's uh, that's the, the sort of the mantra in those is, it's stay, uh, stay at arm's length, stay far enough away that you can, you can duck and cover. And, you know, uh, being close enough to ownership or Chris Antonetti is also a, a pretty good shield because they won't chase after you if you're, if you're hanging around there as well. Uh, all right, let's, uh, let's break and uh, shift our attention now to just this next three game series. Uh, the guardians and the rays at progressive field, uh, next three games starting off with a dandy pitching matchup, Shane Bieber and Corey Kluber on Tuesday night.
1: Yeah. You know, we've, um, Kluber, uh, is one and oh against, uh, you know, against the Guardians this year, he pitched down in uh, St. Petersburg, six innings, only six innings, but he struck out 10. Uh, so he's had, you know, a solid year. And the, the, it's, a, it's kind of a key, an interesting matchup, Joe, because, you know, there's still a possibility that this could be you know, the first round matchup that Tampa Bay could be coming to Cleveland for the three game wildcard series. You know, they're only a half, a half game ahead of Seattle in the third wild card spot, and they've been struggling a little bit. So interesting matchup. Um, and, uh, you know, Beaver has been pitching great. Uh, he's been on a, a really a good roll. And, uh, you know, even though uh, Cleveland has clinched, you know I think uh you have got to play your you've got to play your best against these contenders and uh so I don't think it, you, we'll see any kind of letdown from from uh, Cleveland or you know the Guardians in this three game series. What
0: uh what's the key for Cleveland over these next 9 games uh to get in the best possible shape in the best possible frame of mind in the best possible uh you know situation for success in the wild card round? Uh, what are uh, what do they need to do? What's the key?
1: Well, they got to first of all, they got to line up their pitching, and uh, you know, I think uh, you know by having what Bieber and, and McKenzie and and Quantrill going in this series, I think mm-hmm. that's it, right? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's that's a pretty good indication of you know how how they would open a three game series I think or three game you know the three game wild card series. Then you've you know you've got to, if there's players that need rest you've got to rest them. I would think uh, Emmanuel Class a has been uh, he's been ridden hard this year, so I guess I, I would think if there's a chance you don't want him to lose his edge, but if there's a chance to let somebody else save a game down the road here, especially against. You know that's that the six game, uh, you know the final six games against the Royals. Maybe give Class A a break, you know, uh, during that during that stretch, so he's strong and ready for for the postseason.
0: Yeah, I'd like to see Emmanuel Class A pitch in uh, maybe two or three games on this homestand, and uh, maybe not in a ninth inning situation. Maybe just give him like a, a sixth or a seventh inning. Uh, and and maybe start to maybe taper uh, a couple of these starts here uh, for for Bieber and, and and McKenzie and and Quantrill in particular, uh, you know maybe cap them at uh, you know mid 80s pitch pitch wise, just to 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 not sort of put the stress on them, uh, and 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 get them fresh and and ready for uh, the that October 7th date that first uh, first night of the wild card.
1: No, I I really like the way they've used the DH, too, Joe, to, you know, kind of rotate guys through there at that position and, you know, give them days off. So I think we'll see more of that as well.
0: All right. All right. We're going to wrap it up for today. We'll talk again tomorrow morning uh, prior to the uh, series opener against the Rays here on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.